It's a new episode of A Fit Life, the Living Strong series on Jack Daniels Presents. This life ain't for everybody. And the entire Sierra Strength and Speed crew is back together. This is uh, Rob, Blake, and Jake. We're all back here together. All right, man. 2024 is the time to prioritize your health, become more active, get fit, and improve your strength. The number one thing to any goal is consistency, no matter what you're doing. And so when you're consistent for a long time and you do challenge yourself a little bit, and you're like, okay, that was legit. I'm moving in the right direction. So it is cool. Pretty fulfilling. Jack Daniels is a proud supporter of This Life Ain't For Everybody and of Fit Life, the Living Strong series, and their commitment to community and health. Now for their coaches, Rob, Blake, and Jake, let's get our pump on. All right, man. Hola. Hola. What's up? What's up? So, so hi, everybody. It's... Uh, you got all three of us back again. Jake's been, you've probably been on hiatus for like two and a half months. It's been, well, okay. Well, well it was last the, time you were the, in here. From the podcast. From yeah, the po- exactly. From the podcast. Like, exactly. Part of it, we weren't here for a while, but then yeah. every time we came, you weren't it's here. It's been so. at least two episodes. Welcome back, Jake. Yeah, yeah it's, I think it's only been two, but. I'm yeah. happy to be here. Yeah. Well, and we had to work, almost had to work around your schedule again today. I mean, no, you're a busy, busy guy. guy. A busy back. guy. Too many friends, right? Mr. Popular. So personable. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's a relationship-based business, man. <laughs> exactly. Where you guys want to start? I mean, man, it, honestly, I, got, I was excited to just, like snowboard this year. I got a pass and everything. Okay. And I haven't seen any snow yet. I know there's snow on the mountain. There is. But that I haven't pass seen. Did you get Rose? Nice. Rose, You're good. Rose guy. You're good. I Rose almost is. went yesterday. I got invited. I couldn't pull it. There's too much going on. I couldn't yeah. pull it off. And I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't just like, we're not just denying the inevitable and it comes like oh, in April. We're get we'll get hit. In like January. Yeah. yeah. It's going <laughs> to happen. It always. always happens. I know, but we're, I just don't want to last too long. We're a little late to the party. That's just how I'm we, just happy that's how we go. Down in the valley. I don't like driving in it. It's annoying. Yeah, I respect People that. are it's, stupid. It's, I was going to say, it's not bad driving in it, it's but there's a lot of morons that, yeah. that you know, do you ski? use the moron I word. Snowboard. You snowboard? Yeah. You're a skier, right? I'm a skier. If you have I just pass, figured it'd be easier to pick up. I was thinking about switching to skiing this year, but I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. I've never, I've never. If skied. you're a boarder, everybody stay with it because I'm I debating. Like boarding. Johnny told me, uh, John Turi, he told me just start with boarding. He's like, you've been on a wakeboard, Ooh, just start can with I boarding. Go with you when you learn. And that's <laughs> that's yeah, the let's reason. Go to the squad. And that's the reason I didn't want it to start that way is because I'm like, I'm like, I know I'll be on my ass the whole day. <laughs> and, and your face and, and your yeah, side. and I'm like, I'm like, that would be a hell of a way to go back to work. So I started on the skis, and that's been okay. I'm debating a board at some point. I just don't even know about getting on and off the they freaking say, the lift. The, the lift. That's, that's, I'm looking that's, at people that's going the hardest part of <laughs> straight up. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, I'm like, I already look yeah. at those guys and go, that's a face plant waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. and then get kicked by the guy behind you. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like the skiing because all my friends ski, and I gotta get off the lift, sit down, put my shit on. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I want gotcha. and I like being well rounded, so the the ability to do both would be like nice little thing. Yeah, yeah. My skiers cap. are always so impatient. Bro, like, it, it is a little. Like, it takes me like 15 seconds yeah. to put them on. And they're it's like, true. we're missing out. I'm like, you're going to get a hundred more Just feet of go skiing. then. I know. I'm like, I'll Leave. catch up to you. Jesus. Yeah. I don't even like you guys so anyway. so funny. Oh, <laughs> angsty. Well, Calm down. Aren't we just chilling on the hill? Can't we all just relax? I mean, didn't yeah. you go here to have a good time? Why are you st- my ass? Just stressing. Yeah. Right? Because they spent $150 to go up there that day and they need to make I, sure they get their money's worth. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Good point. I'll give you that. Yeah. Bring the All prices right, down. Let's, let's we'll transition here. So I went to the Army Navy game. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah, pretty cool. 
That's a good one. That's, the safety that is, to hit the over for America. I didn't even see. That's I. I don't. I, I think, don't I think they were under. I think the over. I thought it I'm was, almost sure the over was. Over. I think the over was, was 27 and a half, and I think the final score was 26. Oh, I'm really? almost sure they were under, but they Navy should have scored again to put them over. But I'm almost positive mm-hmm. the under was 20 or the over was 27 and a half. Thought, I thought that safety put them over. But maybe it was like a in-game bet or something. Like the line I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't follow gambling. I don't make enough money to gamble. I don't gamble <laughs> either. But it's still. <laughs> it's like, not. It's not nothing against Rob. I'm just saying in I general. Know, we're, we're from Reno. <laughs> yeah. Watching it's not my smart friends to gamble. lose gambling. That's the best. That's the best. <laughs> I always tell my boys. Super distraught. Great. All my boys from out of state. They'd like. There'd people be like in Idaho. We'd, they'd drive to jackpot for a weekend just yeah, to like really? just to just play some just to gamble a little bit. And then now people sports bet everywhere. But I'm like, man, yep. it's nice here. You guys are paying our taxes. Think keeps things low for us. Yep. I, I can roll yeah, that way. Yeah. I can roll that way. It gives me anxiety. <laughs> well, yeah. And if you don't have those dudes, that guy that can gamble got stones. I'm oh not gonna God. lie. It's, it, if you put big crazy. money up, you got some stones. It's crazy. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Well, when you hear some of what people throw down oh, and just drop and yeah. on a game, I know. lose, and you're one like, game. are you kidding? That's I'd what I like make in a year. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> and I know you guys make a shit ton of money or whatever, but it's like, you did what? So you're a dangerous person. Did you not say I had a, <laughs> a fund out there person. for, you know, just a little extra cash so I could play around? No. <laughs> just donate. I mean, I like fuck. my money. I like to keep it right? in the bank. Yeah. Not give it to the big boys. No. I lost $100 in the Super Bowl last year and I didn't complain like Patrick Mahomes did. I'm oh, just leave yeah, it at that. that. <laughs> I was excited. I didn't gamble often. I was excited about that one. That's I went funny. 0-2 that weekend. <laughs> Volkanovski, which I'm also mad about, finished on his feet. That's, you know, that is what it is. What and was that? Alexander Volkanovski, right. UFC. Him, Volkanovski, Islam Makachev, one. Okay. Number one. Okay. And really good fight. Volk finished on his feet, pounding Islam out, but lost the decision. Oh, okay. Islam's tough. And then number two, Islam kicked him in the head in round one and ended that discussion. So I was like, Urgh. <laughs> but <laughs> I lost 200 bucks Super Bowl weekend in oh. Vegas. I know. High roller over here. <laughs> yeah. You're the big dog. <laughs> I'm keeping the lights on in Las Vegas. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> caught me in a room. <laughs> Yeah. They're like me in a room. A strip of bacon from the buffet. <laughs> right. You're the high right. roller. Here's the leftovers. Oh, man. Which I'd be okay with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, straight up. We've seen you the know. leftovers. They're not bad. I, yeah. Totally. Speaking of another, right, so, another big weekend in Vegas. Big fights again. Big fights again. This weekend. I know. Yeah. I'm excited. It's a good card. I'll have to watch. All right. So, we got some new equipment. Mm. Yeah. We got a bicep curl. Yeah, we did. What the yeah, frick is that? That's why we were so, late today. <laughs> <laughs> why did we do that? So, so what do you guys think? Bicep killer machine? They I mean, tossed it in for you. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. No, because you love us. <laughs> Cause, Cause Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I and, appreciate it. And next year, Christmas, and the year after that, <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> That's fair. It's a couple. It's going to be a few. Bicep curl machine is going to be the gift that keeps on giving anyway. So. Exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. It's a great piece of equipment. I'm not coming it makes to people the, feel good, man. I'm not coming to the dark side, just so you know, but I will sit on it I every once in a while. I testing it out. I, yeah. test, I, I test everything in there, Jake. I got to make sure it's legit and works and... <laughs> 
I put a little magnet on there for you guys, and it's, it's good to go now. Yeah. He's gonna be like he's gonna be like Squidward when he eats the Krabby Patty, exactly. and then he eats all and the Krabby Patties. It's gonna go straight Rob's to your gonna, straight gonna to your hips. Gonna be <laughs> straight to your thighs, <laughs> and then you blow up. <laughs> and then you blow up. <laughs> That's funny. No, it makes you feel I'm good. Gonna be, I'm gonna be wearing big sweatshirts and doing <laughs> biceps, and you guys won't know until one day. <laughs> A plush oh, sweatshirt. Yeah, be in there. She's like, go she get, a, came to go do get a good right. pump and tell me you don't feel better about yourself. Tell me you don't have a better day afterwards. Go get a good pump on a Friday that you feel okay. good. Friday's it's the payday. Day. challenge. Friday's the day. Go get a good pump. Challenge accepted. I'll I'll do that. Maybe today. Sweat it out. Maybe next week. Okay. Sweat it out. Hit a few sides of sh- triceps. Some some shoulder shrugs. Shrugs. Rob, cut it loose forever. Cut it loose. I haven't done. I you don't even know me, if I've done shrugs in ten the, years. I gave the class shrugs one time. He gave me shit for like ten days after that. He was like, "That's the worst that, exercise ever." You got to protect the neck, think man. That's true. Who's, <laughs> who said it? You Is gave it Wu Tang? For a while. What Wu Tang Clan? Protect your neck, man. Somebody said it. I forget. Yeah, who. yeah protect your neck. <laughs> that thing on top of your head. It's important. No, I, you got to keep agree. it safe. I agree. But yeah. is anybody in the class playing football? No, but okay. we drive cars every day. Alan's Alan's getting ready for the combine. We went over there. <laughs> That's real. Hey, we drive cars every day. Those things are missiles. And if you've been driving on veterans, be careful. I see a lot of a lot of accidents down there, um, like Dewani Ranch, down right. by like between my house and yours. People a lot of them like, lately. They go like but, seventy well, and forty because some people don't know how to drive a missile. Right? We're back to the moron conversation. <laughs> so, so yeah, the Preston. No, I'm getting. All um, right, I got two questions, and we'll then we'll open it up here. So. One, although I think we already hit on it, we were we were hit with one that says, "Hey, a little bit of coffee for caffeine or an energy drink." And so, what do you like? And I told them I really am not into the energy drink thing. It's because when you look at the energy drink, it's got so much other mm-hmm. stuff in it, you know, from sugar to chemicals to caffeine. And and if you're going to just have coffee or tea, uh, to me, those have been around a long time. It's just caffeine unless you add something to it. So you're not getting all the extra chemicals. And I think some of the energy drinks have so much caffeine mm-hmm. that it can really change how you feel in terms of getting a good workout or, or maybe you uh, get a quick boost of energy, but then you're going to crash at the end. So so that's where I'm at with that. So anything you guys want to throw into the no. energy drink? I mean, and isn't, isn't caffeine a diuretic? Of, so it's it's good, good question. That's funny. It used to be labeled that way. Okay. And now they've changed it. And really, they say the only <clears throat> thing that's a diuretic now is alcohol. Oh, sure. So they've they've gone. And I don't know if that's because of the level, but it used to be that was one of the drawbacks. Like if you were going to, you know, run a race and you wanted a little stimulant, then caffeine, you know, you could do a little bit. The problem was it's a diuretic. So oh, yeah. you may have to hit the bathroom <laughs> and that's going to be counterproductive to your race and, and what have you. But they've they've kind of rescinded that. And I, I don't know if it's just because of the level or if they you know the way it functions through the kidneys so now they're saying really it's just alcohol that's a diuretic so caffeine's really not much but there might be a certain level of where you get too much caffeine and now it becomes more of a a diuretic so that could be an issue and then the other big thing as an athlete is if you're not conditioned to having caffeine, it can really have a negative effect yeah. on you. So if you're, you know, you get the jitters or something like that, you have so much, you know, a lot of people talk about the attention and the focus side, but you get too much caffeine and it's going to flip it the other way. Yeah. That really has some negative effects if you're trying to be, 
for example, a volleyball player, you know, you're trying to receive a ball and do it in a manner that's conducive to the next player getting a hit. You know, if you're so jittery, you're having trouble <laughs> finding the ball and placing it where you want to, that's a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Anything else? No. 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 I mean, then, then, yeah, the energy drinks are full of junk. Yeah. Pre-workout's really full of junk. <laughs> like, I take it. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I try not to take it as all the time. Every, yeah. every day. Yeah. 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 I've tried some different ones. Like, I took a mushroom-based one. It's pretty cool. Feel it felt a little cleaner, like on the back end. And I usually, if I take too much pre workout or take a full dose pre workout, I usually I don't feel the best the back half of the day. No, you feel you feel a little dumpy. Yeah, yeah. you kind of like I don't really. My diet's not very good. Well, I just don't like feel as good. The majority of it of pre workouts are like two hundred and fifty <clears throat> milligrams. In it's a, a bomb, stool, which yeah. is what six cups of coffee. Well, so yeah, because typical coffee is eighty to a hundred, depending yeah, on so is it really milligrams. Black, just black yeah, depending on coffee. depending on size, and you know, if you do a That's shot still, of it, espresso, three over. cups of coffee, right? It's, like it's three. one like to the face. one yeah, little yeah. shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a lot, but I would have to defer to you guys on that one because I haven't, I really haven't taken pre workout in twenty years. It's changed yeah. a ton. Your coffee drinker, right? Regular like daily coffee drinker daily yeah is it like are you one of those like you got the what is it grumpy from snow white like shirt and says like you know don't talk to me i haven't had my coffee yet or <laughs> is are you just like i like a cup of coffee in the morning because i like the way it tastes i'm pretty good i'm yeah. pretty good and i really didn't even start coffee it's funny i didn't even start coffee till after grad school just okay. because at that point there was some talk about coffee being bad for you and this and then then after it was i didn't even do it in grad school even though there were a couple guys i hung out with that were big time coffee um i struggled at night i probably should have i tried everything for night classes including some coffee and that didn't work so but i was good in the morning and i still am i just like the coffee i don't think it, and i can go i could really go without getting a headache because i do it just like slow infusion it's all day long yeah. kind of thing um so i've gone a couple of days where i haven't gotten it till noon and didn't get the headache which is good yeah. um you know, at one point after having kids and all the other crap I was doing at 27, 28, I'm like, fuck it. I'm drinking coffee because <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm busy. So yeah. I need some coffee. Yeah. So it's just habit now. But I don't drink it much in the afternoon and feel like I still have decent energy until later. And that was one thing I wanted to bring up, too, is you got to be careful with the when, you take it. when you're drinking the caffeine. Because, you know, like we talk about a lot. Recovery wise, sleep is your number one ally yep. when it comes to recovery. So if you're, you got to look at it as like you know you might be sacrificing a little bit of energy down the home stretch of the day. Yeah, you might need to find something else to lean on down. You know, when you're in those hours, just so you don't mess up. You know, circadian rhythm and all yep. those kind of things, and and get yourself off track because that's going to shove you forward more. Getting your sleep and going, you know, going to bed. Waking up on time, getting out of bed, having energy, yeah. having just natural, real energy right. from because you're recovered, that's going to take you further anyway. No, that's a greater ROI. Huge, yeah. huge point. Because I think there's a lot of people that will do the stimulants in the morning, and then try and take some depressants at night, and then start mm -hmm. that cycle every day. Mm. Talk about really chemical throwing yourself off. Yeah, yeah that's mm -hmm. that couldn't be any worse. And there's a lot of people that are really if they have caffeine after one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon, it's keeping them up yeah, so that's that's and i mean and we can like, after three oh man i'm up like three hours later than i would be yeah. really 
really? I have to be pretty careful about it. And yeah, I'm, I'm mess me up. Pretty, and my dad's funny too. We're the kind of guys that can have a cup of coffee at dinner unless it's something really interesting. It won't really? even touch me. Won't I, even I'm touch like me. that for the most part. Tiff's like that's weird, but Tiff is really any caffeine in the afternoon. She's like, man, I slept bad. Mm. Well, so. in the in the inverse, I feel. You know, just as bad if I take melatonin or something to help me sleep in the mornings, I struggle. I really struggle. And I'm not someone that sleeps well anyway. So that like the melatonins and stuff are intriguing to me because I'm like, get me to sleep. Like, I, I, you know, do I sacrifice a little bit of grogginess in the morning for the ability to get to sleep? Because that's where I struggle Mm. because I'm just up thinking. But I feel like garbage to where I like I don't unless I'm sick and I need something to knock me out then I'm really not taking anything anything to help I me sleep. I feel for a little bit same shit. I feel shitty. I, I'd take it to go to bed like early so then I could wake up early. And mm-hmm. I was like, even if I get ten hours of sleep, I still feel like trash for the yeah. first four really? hours. Yeah, yeah. You guys are that sensitive to it. I, yeah, I really yeah, don't funny. like it because I've seen. I've, I've had some clients. It was funny when I first dealt with more general pop. I had some clients who really needed the sleep aids at night. But I'm talking like your oh god, I can't something, think of the main one. Something from one of the yeah from, 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 my, from Big Pharma. Um, and I. They would come in at 10 o'clock and they were still, you could really see it. And they were like, these things are messing me up. And you could just tell. Yeah. They, I don't know when they would feel normal, mm-hmm. but you know, they, it was, it's, yeah. it was that obvious. Yeah. And you could just tell um, how bad they struggled to just get it going. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I like the all natural route. Get out, the sun hits your face, yep. you know, start yeah. your time, take some deep breaths. We're blessed to live where we live, you know, there's yep. good air around here. Agree. Take advantage of it yeah plus it's so cold now you just walk outside you're awake <laughs> no way that wakes okay. up. Okay. i'm ready <laughs> i'm ready now <laughs> man nothing like a nice drive to the gym ah! what why the f- are you yelling we're gonna break here for a few commercials i appreciate y'all being here put down the energy drinks and walk away. You know, don't talk to me. I haven't had my coffee yet. Rob, Blake, and Jake think there are better beverages to give you that pick-me-up. I really am not into the energy drink thing. It's because when you look at the energy drink, it's got so much other stuff in it, from sugar to chemicals to caffeine. And I think some of the energy drinks have so much caffeine. can really change how you feel in terms of getting a good workout or maybe you uh, get a quick boost of energy, but then you're going to crash at the end. So, I'm drinking coffee because I'm busy. So, I need some coffee. So, Fit Life, the Living Strong series on Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't for Everybody with Rob, Blake, and Jake from Sierra Strength and Speed is made possible by Jack Daniels, Traeger Grills, and Gator Coolers. Rob, Blake, and Jake will continue this coaching session after the break, so get hydrated. Hey, everybody, you know we are a huge fan of Jack Daniels, not just their product, but their mission, their culture, Lynchburg, Tennessee, the people. And we want to introduce you to the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Program. Join us at jackdaniels.com and learn about the Single Barrel Program, visiting Lynchburg, Tennessee, participating in a barrel tasting, a whiskey tasting, picking your favorite flavor, whether it's the burn in your mouth, whether it's the maple, whether it's the different combination of flavors that you are going to experience in each of the distinct bottles of Jack Daniels Single Barrel, you're going to be able to choose the best one, your favorite one, and purchase that entire barrel. 
It all comes bottled in individual single barrel bottles. You get your own hanging name tag, brand tag, your logo on it. You can give them away as gifts. Go knock on the door of a landowner and say, thank you for letting me hunt your field. There's so many options with the Jack Daniels single barrel program. We're proud to be part of it. We have introduced it to so many of our friends and family across the country, whether it was at a business, whether it was at a duck lodge, whether it was at a conservation event. It is truly an awesome program. Learn more about it at jackdaniels.com. The single Single barrel program. We've been involved for the last five years. I'm looking at two of my barrels right now. We just got our 2023 barrel in the single barrel rye. Absolutely mesmerizing. My brother Clint's old fashions with it speak for themselves. It's the Jack Daniels single barrel program. Check it out. Learn about it. I hope you decide to visit Lynchburg, Tennessee and get your own barrel. Thank you very much. You've heard us talking about how much we travel. Our trailers, our trucks, Corning Ford, Mickey Thompson tires, bodyguard bumpers. We have a leer on every one of our rigs. F-150s, F-250s, F-350s. There's some other trucks out there by other manufacturers. We don't mention those. We believe in Ford and we believe in Lear. We believe in security, protection from the elements, the rain, the snow, the hail, security for our dogs, our kennels anchored down in our truck bed covered by the Lear, windows open for breathability and oxygen and air. We believe in making sure when we stop at a hotel or a lodge that that Lear is locked, side windows that can pop up and for easy access, the back window, the tailgate down, everything is locked. There's so many different levels of security with your Lear. It's all prompted by your door locks and the electrical system in your trucks. You can unlock the door so easy. You can lock the door so easy. They come with backup keys to make sure that your side windows are locked, that your tailgate window and door hatch is locked. And then the Lear locker, we haven't even mentioned that. Push both buttons in, slide it down, tailgate has to be up and we have another form of security for firearms for ammunition for valuables it protects our camera gear as we travel america and that lear logo is kind of like being part of a harley davidson clan you see so many more leers on the road once you have it on your truck and it's like a brotherhood a sisterhood i don't care if you're man woman boy girl i don't care if you just got your driver's license your hunting license there's so much pride in that lear brand capital l capital e capital e capital r lear toppers check them out we are so proud and honored to be partnered with Lear and we never ever take a trip without making sure that our trucks are loaded down and protected full security by Lear Toppers. I'm Chad Belding, the host of the Foul Life TV and the Foul Life Podcast. Thank you so much for supporting the brands that support us. Thank you for having a Lear on your next truck. I think lighting is everything. I don't like being in the dark. I don't even like secrets being told. That's kind of keeping you in the dark, isn't it? I don't like setting up decoys in the dark. I don't like looking for anything in the dark. Turn your headlights and drive down the street. Obviously, it's impossible. Lighting is everything. A well-lit room, a well-lit hunt. They make your decoys look better when that sun's shining on them. Mallards perform different, and we perform better and differently when we have our rigid light bars, all of the rigid lights on our trailer. When we can see what we are doing, setting up our blinds, concealing our blinds, setting up our spread, exact distance from a fence or a tree line that we want to be. When you can brighten up the night, brighten up those early mornings. I'm telling you, it makes your hunting success go way up. The odds are in your favor when you put Rigid on your trucks, in your bumpers, in your light bars. Check them out at rigidindustries.com. I can't say enough about their LED technology. It is the best. It's often imitated, but never duplicated. I know you've heard that before, but there is nothing like Rigid Lights. R-I-G-I-D. You'll find them on all of our Corning Ford Fords, all of our rigs, all of our trailers, on the noses, on the sides, on the back door. 
When we turn on our lights on our trucks and trailers, we ignite the field and we ignite the hunt. And that's exactly what Rigid Industry does. It ignites our passion for the outdoors. The official LED light bar and lights of the Foul Life podcast and Benelli's The Foul Life TV. See them in action right now, exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Brand new episode, season 15 of Benelli's The Foul Life. Thank you so much, Rigid. And thank you all for supporting the brands and partners that support us. Are you injured or just under-trained? So how can I know if I got more of a structural issue? You almost know when you've got that acute injury that's pretty traumatic. Another way to tell how bad it is, Blake, is where your function goes. You don't have all your range of motion. Then that's something we need to get checked out a little sooner, right? Because I've lost my ability to function. You know, people have different degrees of, you know, toughness, tolerance, pain tolerance, and all that kind of stuff. But if you keep going the way you are, you're going to hit a wall where you're going to need to take some time off because you're definitely starting to fall into a pattern where this is going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Rob, Blake, and Jake are helping you work through your physical roadblocks and coaching you through injury prevention and recovery as we continue today's podcast. Pain, yeah, that's your body's alarm system of right. like, hey, stop, or hey, we got an issue. Yep. You yeah. know, like, there's something wrong over yep. here. A Fit Life, the Living Strong series on Jack Daniels Presents This Life Ain't For Everybody is brought to you by Jack Daniels, American Almond Beef, and the provider. Now, back to the gun show with Rob, Blake, and Jake. All right, we got one more question here, and this one's pretty good. I'm going to throw it to you guys. We're going to talk about muscle failure. Muscle failure? Yeah. Why it happens. Is it a good thing? How many times should I go to failure in a week? What causes muscle failure? You guys should be able to answer a couple of those. What do you think? Which one first? I'm going to let you go first, Jake, since you're sitting across from me. Pick one and go. Well, I would say for like how many times a week? It's like when we went to the conference and they talked about you you need the minimum stimulus that's going to get you where you want to go because then you can recover correctly. Okay. And I would say when you go to muscle failure like very frequently, it's super hard to recover in the span that you want to, especially if you're working out four to six times a week. If you're yep. doing it every day, you're never going to fully recover. So I would say like you should do it occasionally, but I wouldn't say you need to be doing it every week on every muscle group. That's just going to overdo it. You're going to break down more than you're going to build up. Agree. I like it. I think for me, or go ahead. You want to go on Jake? Um, Yeah. Training goal is a big factor Mm -hmm. to me. So like in like more in the sports setting, you know, I don't think you're going to true muscular failure often. Probably not. Um, no. no, because I need Agreed. I need some capacity to go elsewhere and use this. Um, but like, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. Say, let's say power cleans, for instance. Like, mm-hmm. I can go to failure on power cleans without reaching total muscular failure. More, yeah. I'm I'm more reaching like the point of where my technique's falling apart because I've reached like you know, yeah, maximum which capacity is, for like a, than, a movement. Yeah, which is different muscle. than muscular yeah. failure. But I'm tapping into that top end range. Where you're pushing yourself mm-hmm. from the mental aspect, you're hitting a point, you know, okay, now I've, you know, I can no longer complete this task successfully, yeah. move on and, 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 you know, train other parts good, of what I need, you know, what my goal is. to make is like you're hitting a point where like you might be mentally failing or technique is failing rather than like actual muscular failure where you're doing bicep curls for 10,000 reps and it's like, oh, my arm can't move anymore. That's very important because I think, yours you can do more often Mm -hmm. 
you shouldn't always like you're not your goal isn't to break down your technique and fail that way either but like you should push yourself to those limits sometimes and mm. maybe more often than you would like i can't feel my legs anymore because <laughs> my squat i squatted forty thousand times yeah mm. and my legs yeah. are full of blood yeah no I, <laughs> lots and lots of blood yeah no, I, th- I think you're perfect. You guys hit on a couple of big things, I think. And I think when you look at the general population or the aging population, they don't do it much, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a great way to challenge yourself mentally, like you said, Blake. But also physically, there's a response that happens when you do that. And so for keeping the muscles strong and, and producing bone density, those kind of things – probably don't happen if you're not pushing yourself. And I think a lot of people get really comfortable with their workouts. And I'm to blame for this half the time with me that, you know, I'm picking my weight that I can know I can do, kind of pushing some reps at the end, but not really challenging myself to go to failure. And so probably doing a decent job of maintenance, mm. but probably not getting bone growth, muscle growth yeah. kind of things. And, and so whether you're challenging, you're on that younger side of the spectrum and you need to challenge yourself mentally. It's not a bad place to go. Um, but also for our aging population, it's a good place to go because if you think you're just maintaining, you know, you grab your 25 pound dumbbells and you do your bicep curls or your shoulder press, and that's what you've been doing for a long time, you're not going to get any gains, right? So you're probably maintaining. But the problem is if you're over age, probably over age 35 or 40, and you're not doing something to push yourself every once in a while. You might be maintaining, but you're probably not. You're probably detraining, mm-hmm. you know, at that period of your life. And so, again, it's yeah. that one of those things that if you're not pushing yourself a little bit, challenging yourself, you're not going to be getting those gains. And I, I agree with you, Jake. If you're really doing a squat lift, you got to think about not hurting yourself in that, right? Mm-hmm. But but also, if you really want to get good at squats, it's probably a once a week yeah. go to failure kind of thing. Yeah. You're not you're not doing that Monday and then doing it again Tuesday or, yeah. or sorry Wednesday or Thursday, right? Because you haven't fully recovered. So so those guys who are really trying to get strong, it's a it's a longer process. And and I agree with your recovery side. If you, if you don't get the recovery in to try and reproduce that failure again, it's kind of probably going to be more detrimental yeah. to you than any benefit that you're going to get out of it. Yeah, and like you to avoid detraining, you can still progressively overload without training till failure. Yes, every time, so you can still make progress without doing those. But like like you said, it's good in some aspects as well. Mm-hmm. And you got to think of like our general population, and I mean, you know, you know, our kids and you know, our youth athletes and stuff too. Like a big portion of our lives is like working against us, like you mm-hmm. know, sitting at your desk all day. For, you know, or, you know, for kids sitting in school all day, mm-hmm. diet's probably not, you know, number diet. one on my list of things in my life. If I'm just, you know, if I'm not training directly, if I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really goal oriented physically, diet's probably not the best for like some of our adults, you know, enjoying a drink every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So that's working against you. So, you know, you got all these things in your life that are kind of pulling the rope the other direction, working to failure, you know. Every, you know, once or twice a week, you're not, you know, that's, you know, you're almost, one of you're just scratching the service. Yeah, exactly. Of, of ways to pull the rope the opposite yeah. way. And, you know, in, and especially mentally too, you don't you work, you're not often pushed to the brink mentally. You know, mm. you get in a groove, no. you know, you get, you get halfway decent in what you do. You can kind of just coast. Yeah. 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 You know, to a certain degree. So 
that you know that side of it is not a bad thing what really in this world pushes you to that level mentally you're like ah shit can i you know can i do one more can i do two more out though that's what failing feels like it's a it's a rare opportunity it's cool and you know i say talk about it a lot the space we we operate in we live in it's a unique opportunity to push yourself to you know a point that you don't really get to find a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. Yep, you know in your in your day to day. No, it's it is definitely cool to not only set a goal but achieve a goal or yeah, you know get a couple extra reps. It's it's yeah. um, pretty fulfilling. You know when you when you do yeah. those things, you're like, okay, I never thought you know like like you did the other day, three fifteen for eight. You know, and Ooh. and I know pretty nice. Man set. Been, haven't been there in a while. But those things, you know, make you feel good. Yeah. It's it's like we talked about this. The number one thing to any goal is the consistency, yep. no matter mm-hmm. what you're doing. It's mm-hmm. And so when you're consistent for a long time and you do challenge yourself a little bit, and you're like, okay, that was legit. I'm moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So it is cool. And like you said, we, we deal with a lot of athletes. So it's – and how many – times have been out there where this record will never be broken and this time will never be broken and this will never happen and you see these things change i mean it's just amazing where we've gone in the last 40 years in terms of training and and performance and you know the the capacity of the body is unbelievable so being able to challenge yourself and not that we all want to bench press 250 for reps you know but but just putting those challenges out there is is good and and sometimes you have to go to failure or at least some portion of it to to keep like you said to keep towing it in the right direction yeah and for the people that are more consistent in the gym you're there more often you find yourself like craving that opportunity a little bit more often like Mm -hmm. oh man this is a place where I can push myself this is a place where I can fail under control and there's really not a lot of fallout like you know nothing there's nothing happens yeah I try one more rep I don't get one more rep my spotter keeps me safe that was you know yeah that was worth it yeah harder towards I want to get that one next time yeah yeah. You're not going to get fired for Yeah, you know, for, you, it's for a good failing. place to take chances. Sure? That's that's yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to fire I, you. For I dropped the bar, you're not you're not it's, canning it's me. It's more it's more if you spill the mop, you know that <laughs> oh, kind of stuff. Oh, come on. If you, it was an ac- if, you, if you're doing that when we're really busy, that's a <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> I spilled the mop I, bucket just, everybody and it was I'm dirty. Playing. It was dirty water. I spilled <laughs> the it. The brownest water I've ever seen. Right in the I, middle of, right I in the middle of the needed, turf. I, we need more right other things to do. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of things on the floor center of the floor (laughs) anyway all right um anything else on that um what was the other portion of the question well i asked why we had muscle failure we didn't answer why do we have it isn't it the the golgi tendon organ like shuts it off shuts off your muscles there's there's a couple ways and and that is one Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a safety. Yeah, that's a that's a safety one. Yeah. There's a couple other ones too. I was a communication major. So if you if, if you, <laughs> you, know. if, if you miss that on the radio, like just pass the baton. He I'm a he communication major. I'm studying I'm studying the stuff right Come now. Come on, you could think that one was pretty actually uh, up a I step was, or two. Think I even was, easier than that. Think even easier. Why do we yeah. have it? Yeah. Why, why, why do our muscles fail? You? It's tired. Yeah. Run out fatigue. of fatigue. The muscle energy. You got it. So so fatigue from ATP. Yeah. Right. So so if you're adenosine triphosphate. Nice. Come on. Nice. I knew Let's that. Go. I know oh, that. Oh, communication. Communication. <laughs> what? Yeah. Communication. <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> 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 
bigger. Sorry. Yeah, we. <laughs> I like it. Let's do that. Um, so fuel, muscle fuel. So so you're at, Out of at juice. such a high outload or output yeah. that it can't keep up. So that's that's another juice, way. Overheated. And then the nervous system. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll just. You know, just the ability to overcome. So failure is the ability to overcome that load or or that rep. And so mm-hmm. it could be energy. It could be nervous system. It could be muscle failure. So the Golgi tendon will do that as a safety so you don't hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And sometimes you, you can get hurt. I mean, not that one of those yeah. systems fails, but just the – we've talked about it before in here. The amount of force – is greater than the, what the muscle can handle over yeah. reps. And, and so sometimes when we're doing, when I'm doing rehab with people, I'm like, okay, we only want to go to 75% today mm-hmm. because if we go beyond that, there's a possibility and we don't know, but there's a possibility you can restrain that muscle. But sometimes it's also the endurance of it. I'll go, I'll go whirling in to do four or five reps because as the muscle gets fatigued, it's going to be more susceptible yeah. to breaking down. So a lot of times I'm like, it's not just the output. It, but it's the endurance of that output. We're going to try and control both of those and make sure that you're good tomorrow, and then we'll push it a little further. So, so yeah, sometimes it's just the endurance side of it. The muscle can't do it anymore, and it will. you will have a muscle strain or a, a breakdown or a failure. And we don't necessarily, you know, my thing in the weight room, and, and sometimes we push, it It can happen. We try not to make it happen very much because last thing you want to do is look at a coach and go, uh, I took your athlete out for the next four weeks and <laughs> yeah. we did it in the weight room. Didn't happen on the field, right? They got enough yeah. shit to deal with on the field. You're you're trying to prevent that. So you don't, you don't want to be that strength coach that's like, uh, coach, your offensive tackle's out. And uh, by the way, I hurt the linebacker the other day <laughs> yeah. too. I mean, that's, that's, that's a quick that's way to – that's a quick way to get fired. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good way to get fired. Yeah, that's, that, right. that's so not good. So, may I ask this? So, like, in what setting, if you're more of a goal-oriented, I want to gain muscle, I'm trying to lose fat, I'm trying to lose weight, for, like, what type of person is, like, you know, should I be training to muscle failure twice a week, you know, you know, or, you know, on the on well, certain exercises? Like, what person does that best serve? It best serves our young athletes, okay. right? Because there's the mental side of it and just yeah. them knowing what what they can do, you know, so yeah. that, oh, that that's what changing, empty looks like changing their, yeah, mm-hmm. changing their capacity. We're like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Yeah, that's a great one. The other one are people who are really trying to get stronger. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to overload mm-hmm. to get stronger, whether it's a rep based or it's weight, a weight yeah. based. Yeah, um, those are good, but I, but again, I think it's it's good for our general pop too because. Again, I feel like if you're just in that maintenance phase, and we were talking about it the other day because I've got a couple older clients and they're like, well, my doc says I got to get stronger. And I'm like, we've been talking about this for three years. You know, they're mainly yeah. on their own, yeah. you know, but they'll ask me questions and that. And I'm like, I've wanted you to progressively challenge yourself. Now, that doesn't mean on that one weight where you go 20 pounds that we got to go to 30, but instead of doing 20 all the time, let's go to the 22 mark and then let's go to the 24 mark. And you may not be able to get the same amount of but if you can grab that weight and you can get to 15, but you could probably actually do 40 more reps 
it's too late. We, yeah, we've yeah. got to change something there. So, so I think even for those people, because they forget what they can do too, right? Mm-hmm. And you get mm-hmm. pretty complacent and you just kind of, you know, if walking is your form of exercise and that never changed, at first it's a challenge. But if that's all you do, mm-hmm. at some point your body gets pretty comfortable there and then it starts to go backwards. It's, mm-hmm. you're like into, that's your new you home. You fall into detraining. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're, you're really not getting any stimulus out of it from a strength aspect from a cardio aspect, you know, the heart, lungs, the blood flow. So if you're not doing something, then then you're probably yeah. not training anymore. Yeah. So that, that failure is almost like setting a new standard of like, okay, that's the new achievable standard. Once yeah. I reach that point, then, you know, exist there for a while, operate there, yep. build on that. And then eventually you got to find what that new standard is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Steady I, I think that's a good, way to, a good way to place it. And does it have to change because now I'm 45 years old and so now I got to go down? No. Why? Why not keep yeah. challenging the system? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, some people have done it and they're, they're great into their 50s, 60s, 70s, and they're still hitting the slopes, right? You know, yeah. so hitting the slopes isn't an easy thing to do. But no. if you're not training for it, then your window for injury is huge. Yeah. If you've done some training in that, you take a fall and you're probably like, oh, that wasn't bad. I, I didn't tweak yeah. myself too bad. I can keep skiing. So it's being prepared to do yeah. the daily the daily challenges that we put ourselves through. Yeah. And just the willingness the to take the, like take that on is like, it's a, it's a good step. Like, yep. you know, especially if you're doing other stuff all the time, it's funny. Like for us, I do this all the time. I'm yeah. always, you know, so it's like, and it's pretty comfortable space. So you know, I'm trying to learn the piano right now. Not that easy, but, <laughs> yeah. but good for me. Good for me. Very, like good for my right? head. I'm like, really, I really got to focus and I really got to pay attention about to start hopping in with Robert on Saturdays, throwing my hands out oh, a little gotcha. bit, doing a little bit of strike. With right him. on. You invited me in the class, so that'll be fun. Yeah. And I'm excited about that one because I'm an athletically inclined person. So that might be a little new, but a yeah. little easier for me to like palette. Yeah. And like, yeah. and yeah. so it'll be like, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll see a little bit of progress earlier yeah. than with this piano. That shit is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the second one's more in your wheelhouse. Yeah. But I think, and it's going to be fun for you because it's going to be a little bit of a challenge but I think you're going to get success pretty quick yeah you're going to be now don't give up the piano I'm not, that's not I'm where not. I'm going I'm that's not. funny because I, I really songs. and Tiff won't hear this but I've told her I want a drum set I've wanted one since I was like <laughs> don't touch my drum set <laughs> I wanted a drum set since, since I was like six and of course of course my parents would never do it because it was too loud but I told Tiff I'm getting one she's like where are you putting it I'm like in the garage I'm like she's Trump like it's still too yeah. loud I'm like Tiff. I'll just get one of those silent things but yeah I, 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 so so I know she's you not know. so I like the piano thing maybe one day yeah. we can collaborate we band. Yeah. I have this great Luke, so Luke plays the, <laughs> Luke plays the guitar I have this big dream one day of being in a cover band uh, I don't know when I don't know where I just want to be in a cover band one day okay. maybe for one we, set maybe for a whole have, rest of my life I don't know we yet. have a handful of clients who play all kinds of oh, stuff we're in I know we could this year we could break out the orchestra <laughs> there we go it, there we it, go it, yeah that's I'm, exciting I just want to play the drums that's right. exciting <laughs> they okay. make they make um, it's the silent one where you yeah, yeah. Christmas right no they make it's like literally just drumsticks and then you kind of like I guess you have to have an understanding of the drums but it's like presets. We you could sit in any seat. And it's just the drumsticks, and it'll give you feedback like you're playing the real drums. Like as long like, as like like it uses echolocation or something. I don't know. Like VR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. Basically, but it's just the drums, headphones, uh, and your virtual reality drums. Yeah. 
Welcome, you know how to welcome to 2020. Already? I don't know. No, I just, I just have, some, <laughs> I, was, I just I have. Like, what, what I feel like I have. I, I feel like know. I have some good rhythm. Some rhythm. So I just want to. Yeah, athletics is I just all rhythm, man. Athletics horrific at the drums. Yeah. There's not a shot. <laughs> Full I'm a, fledged I'm a little, white boy. You got your 100 white I'm boy. I'm a little worried about the foot rhythm. You know, just keeping that consistent. Yeah, that's pretty. Athletics crazy, is all rhythm. I mean, that's yeah. You know how much skipping do you do? It's, it's rhythm. Did you get the? You'd be surprised. The hands involved. That's <laughs> stay that's posted. Stay, piano, dude. stay like posted. Grade. Don't let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you gotta have two. I brains. think that. See, so for me, I think the drums looks way easier than the piano. What's cool about the piano? I, each I key is one hands. note. That's the problem. I, <laughs> like I the guitar. Like there. The <laughs> guitar is like all. Got move. <laughs> tiny hand. Burger King I hands. Do I have got Whopper hands. hands. <laughs> My girlfriend has bigger hands than I do. It's crazy. Whopper hands. Um, <laughs> like guitar, it's all combinations create the note. Piano, each key is one note. Right, yeah, so right, that that's right. palatable for me. Like that yeah. is like okay. so. I, that's, that's a decent place to start I for me. Like it, and the range isn't too hard to manipulate. It's just like, like I said, I need like two brains for this because lefty and righty are doing two <laughs> different things. And then amongst lefty and righty, I got five different fingers that are supposed to be working. I yeah. might need ten brains. <laughs> see it, see it, and I'm looking. I like it, but I'm looking at mine easier because I think you could fuck up on the drums way, way more, and people won't know. Yeah, so yeah, that's true, that's why I'm going there. That's smash, you know, it's just that's make fair. it make it loud and do it a lot, and yeah. people won't know that you jumped out there. there. That's fair. And if you're in the it's music world, I guess the drummer for Metallica, he's that guy. So smash the just drums. So you know, to, yeah, nobody they'll, they'll say okay, he's not very. Good. He's not. I mean. Sorry, Lars, but I, yeah, they, they say that you're lower on the list than so. Uh, <laughs> All right, we're gonna, we're back. We're back to so so. We got a couple of little injuries to go through, and we've done a couple of very quick Instagram things, and and I really want to get into some shoulder and back because because I think those are uh, a lot of us have those issues, but we're gonna, we're going to start with one that we just did the other day. Because I think a lot of people um, get some of these knee issues there that aren't necessarily a real joint issue, even though it feels like a joint issue. So we're gonna we're gonna hit the knee, um, and then we can go somewhere from there because we got time. So we're gonna go for about ten or so minutes here, then we can break from there. So when you look at the knee. We're going to go there. So when you look at the knee, there's two long bones that come together. And so one of the problems with the knee having a lot of injuries is because you got the two longest bones in the body. I should have asked you guys that question before we started, but you got the, the femur. And, one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Communications is working for I, you. But yeah, I'm deep go in ahead, the, go the anatomy right now. Okay. Muscular okay. system, bones. Good. Then I will go to you with the question. I'm going to take my best shot. Okay. <laughs> so what are the two longest bones then? It's the femur. Yep. And the tibia. You got it. So the femur's the longest bone. Tibia is your, your lower bone. And then there's one more in the lower leg right next to the tibia. Which one's that one? Fibula. Nice. We're, He's on it. Come on! See, he did, He's on it. He didn't come pass on! the baton today. We're this good. He's on it. So your tib and fib, they meet each other. Those two connect. Did I say tib and fib? Sorry. Yeah, you did. Your femur and your tibia are the two bones that connect, and that primarily makes up the knee joint. The fibula is really not part of the joint. Um, it definitely, not that it doesn't do its part, but it really doesn't have a, a knee attachment, bony-wise. So when you look at the two bones... Then we'll take the two outside ligaments. You've got on the inside, you've got the medial, 
collateral ligament, and on the outside, the lateral collateral ligament. Those provide stability from a side-to-side force, okay? And then the ones we hear about really more often are the ACL, PCL, and they, they cross ACL, anterior cruciate, PCL, posterior cruciate, they cross in the knee. The anterior one keeps the tibia from sliding forward. That's a rude thing that it does, rudimentary. The PCL keeps it from sliding back. The ACL is torn way more often, mainly because of mechanism of injury, but the PCL is a very thick, strong ligament, so it's actually just a bigger ligament too. There's also a lot of rotation component that goes into that ACL. So a lot of times a a force isn't just a direct anterior translation force. A lot of times it's a plant rotation that really gets that ACL. So it's weaker in, in the way we move in that rotation. And then there's two cushions. They're moon-shaped cushion, like half moon-shaped cushions on both sides. You know what those are called, Blake? No. You got this. All right, <laughs> Jake, gonna... what are they? Meniscus. You... Oh, yeah. I thought you meant okay, okay. Yeah, that's all right. Meniscus or cartilage. I, I didn't know. Uh, like, honestly, like, definitely know honestly I didn't know meniscus was plural. That's what I ran into. I didn't know there's two of them. Oh, Menisci. Menisci. <laughs> like goose and geeses. Canadian, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Canadian gooses yes, and geeses. Yes. Geese. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two of those, and those are your cartilage. And a lot of times people will tear the cartilage, and they'll go in and do some work there. But the other thing where I really wanted to focus today wasn't necessarily on the ligaments, but it's more of the mechanics of the knee. So then we have one more bone that sits on the front. Do you know what it's called? Blake. That little that little kneecap guy. Your, no, your patella, is it? It's your patella. Yeah. It is your patella. Yeah, so so you might not it. have known Dude, this. He's on it, it's a patella. So you may not have known this. What kind of bone is it, Jake? Synovial. No. No. No, but it starts with an S. Synovial is more the fluid. Oh, it's a, um, it's a, oh my God. Se, oh my God. Almost like a sesame seed. Like sesamoid? Literally, I knew you were going to Sesamoid? Yes. Yes. I knew you were going to ask me and I was like, synovial. I had it like prepped and everything. It's a sesamoid bone. And, but okay, so I'll let you recover. Do you know why it's there? Why is it there? It extends the, uh, it extends the tendons, right? And makes it, it gives it more torque, right? Yes. Because of so it the doesn't, extension it, of, the, it, of the lever. You got it. Yeah. There you Come go. There's on. the keyword. So, I was so, so it doesn't <laughs> you are, together. You are. I'm not a communications uh, major. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're right. You, you should keep these in your wheelhouse. Cause we're a great team. They're good. <laughs> we're killing it. You, we're coming along. Um, so it doesn't extend the tendon, but what it does is by having that sesamoid bone, it creates a stronger lever mm-hmm. so that the quad can be w- way stronger. And so we see anything that happens around the kneecap is just termed patellar femoral issues, mm-hmm. right? So how the kneecap fits into the groove and and really it does, it slides into this groove and if it fits there perfectly, maybe you don't have any problems, but patellar femoral issues there's lots of them and there's lots of reasons you have them and and so the reason i thought we'd just kind of stick with this one today is because in our younger kids we'll see something like jumper's knee which is a patellar femoral issue sometimes it leads to what's called called osgood slaughters and you actually have where the tendon attaches to the bone it kind of 
looks like it pulls that bone out a little bit. And that's called an apophysitis where just the traction of that tendon creates so much of an issue where it attaches to the bone that the bone lays more down, more bone down there. And you can see if you've ever had somebody who has Osgood Slars, they've got, they've got these tibial tuberosities on the very front of their tibia that stick out. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because they were a kid and they okay. jumped way too much. It's an overuse injury. So we see a lot of that. A lot of times we'll see young kids whose quads are way stronger than their hamstrings. And so you see an imbalance there and that creates patellar femoral issues. So a lot of times these front side knee issues that happen all around the kneecap are for different reasons, whether it's overuse, um, I think, and, and sometimes I'll tell the parents, look, this is a growth-related issue, mm. even though sometimes some of the physicians don't believe that. You'll see these kids who grow a lot, and what happens when there's that much growth is the bone grows nice and easy. Well, that muscle tendon unit doesn't grow in the same fashion. It doesn't lengthen. So all of a sudden, you got these kids who cannot move very well because these bones grew, and it creates a lot of torque and tension on that muscle tendon unit and that really where it manifests is around that kneecap area so we'll see some issues there we also see it um, like I said when the quad is really strong and the hamstrings not so we call that a muscle imbalance so a lot of times and, and it's the way they squat and jump that you'll really see that they load the front side of that knee mm-hmm. a lot of times it's because they don't move very well in the hips or their hips aren't strong enough so we used to think We'll, we'll see if I can get this analogy, can paint it for everybody. So the track is your femur and that groove for the patella. Your train is the patella. And sometimes that patella isn't riding on the track right. And a lot of times they'll go, well, it's the kneecap's fault. Well, a lot of times it's not really happening in the knee. It's happening higher up in the hip. And so sometimes it's their glute strength and their hip strength that make the track roll all over the place, mm-hmm. meaning the leg, the, the femur is not very solid. The hip isn't doing its job. The track is moving all over. The train, the patella doesn't know where to sit. Mm-hmm. So we used to go, oh, fix the patella. A lot of times it's not the patella that's the issue. It's the track underneath it that's the issue. And so that's why we'll look up the train or sorry, up the track to the hip. And a lot of times our girls have a very weak hip and it the knees are all over the place. Okay. So when we watch their jumping, we're like, well, their knees fall in. They don't have a lot of times that's where we want to work some stability, but we got to do it higher up the track. And it's not really a knee issue. It's a hip related issue. Yeah. So why is it that kind of naturally the hip, the glute, the hamstring are harder to develop. If like if we're seeing that, I mean, in this there might yep. not be an answer, but if we're seeing that across a lot of our young athletes, we see it a lot. Then, like, is there a biological answer or just like a natural answer of like why is it why are those muscles harder to turn on, and get to work, and Perfect. develop? So, so I think they are a little harder to work. Number one, but let's we'll back it up really quick here, Blake. There's a difference between males and females. Also, when it comes to that that knee tracking or, or that, mm. that knee position, any idea? Any guesses? Isn't it hip width? I know this one. Hip width and then the angle that it, the femur yeah, comes in it. from the hip. You are so it's on it. I've been angle. Did you? It's the Q angle. The Q angle. So they, they actually have a name for it, and it's a Q angle. Q so angle. females have wider hips just genetically that's where they sit but you take that angle and if you took it straight down and then you drew a a line right through the middle of the patella and then you dissected those two it would give you what's called the q angle so females are are a little different so 
anatomically, females will tend to roll in the knees a little bit more than the males. They tend to be a little bit more linear. Um, so that can be a problem. But I, I think with what you're saying, Blake, a big part of it is the quad is such a dominant muscle. So the quad is four muscles that are all on the front side of the hip. And when you look at those, their strength is higher because of the kneecap. We're just made to be stronger in the quads. But what will happen over time is if we're really good there, the downside is then we create a quad dominant individual. So that we can, if we do only squats and some of that linear stuff, we reinforce the quad strength. And a lot of times they don't have the hip and hamstring strength to back it up. So what I've tried to do with you guys is make sure that with our young ladies, we're doing a lot of hip work and a lot of hamstring work to create a, a good balance there. Because most of us, most everybody that we'll see when we, when they come in is going to be quad dominant. And that's just an anatomical way that we're set up. Our females are going to have a little bit more of a Q angle. And then a lot of times they're going to be a little bit weaker in the hips and hamstrings. So I want to make sure that we're doing a lot of that and see if that helps. And then it gets to some of the coaching stuff, you know, how they land. And, and if they're used to being really strong in the quad, a lot of times they'll just roll their body over the front or sometimes posturally they'll do it because they're they're so forward in their posture mm-hmm. it pushes them over the front now we're really loading that that knee so if we can change their athletic stance we get the glutes to work we get the hamstrings to work and that creates a counterbalance mm-hmm. that makes that knee more supported yeah makes sense makes sense and they, like you gotta think the young athlete they're just looking for output so it's like like yeah. you said hey if no one's coaching me up they're just going to do what gets them the best outcome. Yeah. And so if it's just coming from my quads, it's just coming from my quads. You like, I don't it. really care. You so got that it. develops and then you got a compounding issue. You got it. Right. And so a lot of times we have to go back in and retrain. So one of the thought processes there when it comes to injury prevention of the knee, we know that females have more ACL issues. We see it a ton in basketball and soccer. They're, they're epidemic proportions. Why do females have more? Is it the Q angle? Some people also speculate it's hormonal. So when the females get into a cycle there's times where where some of these hormones are what's called luteinizing or or they basically will break down the bone and tendon a little bit so that's part of it so there are lots of variables there and training is one of them and so one of the one of the questions there as well do our younger males get better training than our females and sometimes it's just that the males have had more training i don't know if it's pure volume better training but sometimes about that yesterday they've they've worked on more footwork stuff and they've worked on more running stuff so we'll see a difference in gender sometimes well, they just, yeah, bias, they bias they because they, they've been doing more. Um, but I think there's definitely training things that we can fix because when you see some of these young athletes come in and they haven't been coached and they think they just are supposed to roll right into their knees, that that's just the way their body works. And, and you can see how quickly they learn how to land and use their hips for a stability stand, standpoint and take some of that pressure off their knee. Again, the two longest bones of the body and you start jumping and running, you're, you're talking about multiple times your body weight yeah. going through that knee, right? So so just sometimes changing how they land, how they, yeah. how they get into a good position changes that muscle balance, can create a lot of stability at that joint. Yeah. And, I mean, there's the two longest bones in the body and they're in the most vulnerable place on our body. <laughs> you you know, got They're it. between you the big biggest dense you know heavy part of your body in the ground yep you know where it's in your ankle and your foot's taking all the force you know down and then yep. your knee just sits like square in the middle of that yep 
You got it. That's and, not good. And, good planning. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks it, God. It, it works depending on what <laughs> we choose to do. <laughs> Just a well, carpenter. I, I did. I disagree. <laughs> Jesus. I disagree. But we have some anatomical weaknesses, and that yeah. would be one because yeah. you're just looking at really strong bones, and you put a lever in the middle, and it makes it very mobile in terms of it doesn't seem like it when you play with it. It doesn't seem like it's really mobile, but when you have all those forces going through there. So what we're trying to do in our setting is create as much stability as you can. We call it, when you squat, we call it a co-contraction. So you get all the muscles working together to support the joint. Mm -hmm. And the better we get there, hopefully the better we are when we go to single leg, you know, or we're doing some rotational movements and jumps. Hopefully we can stick it to where everything's working to keep that knee in a good position. And we didn't get into all the factors, but hopefully that makes sense. But the other thing I wanted to hit on is when it comes to some of the older clients, I've had clients come in and they're like, man, I feel like my knee is bone on bone. And some of the muscle tendon tightness can feel like bone on bone. And so we'll take those people and just start to do some mobility with them because a lot of times they're sedentary, they sit a lot, or maybe they go on a hike and it's all of a sudden that knee feels so bad. Well, when you're coming downhill, there's a lot of torque going through that quad. That quad is really your sock absorber if you're going downhill and they'll come in and they are like almost seized up because that that quad tendon has gotten so tight on them and the kneecap is not doing its move. And they're like, I think I'm bone on bone. And, you know, they're 55, 60 and they go get an x-ray and they're like, well, they, they say I need a total knee. I'm like, when was the last time you had knee pain? You know, yeah, they haven't had yeah. knee pain for 20 years. I'm thinking they don't need a tall knee. We start doing some mobility work with them and they'll walk out going, you know, between some stretching, some foam rolling, some movement, getting some blood flowing in there. And they're like, wow, I'm 50% better. And it's like, you probably don't need a total knee. Let's take that out of our head. But you really need some good mobility work because you're so tight that kneecap doesn't want to move and it feels like that joint is locked down. Um, so it's that's a really cool one because they'll leave there thinking you're, you know, you're the guru of yeah. knees. And really, you just created some blood flow, some movement. You let that free that kneecap up. Um, and a lot of times that's it's soft tissue issues that feel like it makes it bone on bone because it's just so tight. So we'll see it on both ends of the spectrum. More more of our knee issues are going to be in those younger kids. But you get somebody who hasn't skied in a while and they go skiing, it's all quads, right? You're downhill, you're loading that quad. There's not a ton of hamstring glute work. Mm -hmm. You do that a few days in a row and you're probably going to feel like your knees are shot. So there's definitely some things you can do there too to help yourself out on the front end in terms of some conditioning training stuff but on the back end in terms of some recovery that are going to really change how those knees feel mm-hmm. so it's not really your knees it's a it's not i need to fix my knees it's i need to fix my quads or i need to fix my hamstrings yeah, often often when it comes to like skiing you come home from skiing your your knees are whacked out yep it's not like man i need to ice my knees it's man i need to stretch out my quads i've been skiing all day yep. yeah yep so a lot of times it's that mobility loosening things back up because it got so especially if you take somebody for example haven't skied in a couple of years they haven't been doing much and then they go hit the hills i mean they might feel like their knees are done like I got to go to the ER. My knees are that bad where it's really just it's gotten that abused and overused over the course of a couple of days that they need some big time recovery. 
some foam rolling would probably they'd probably see an, almost an instant difference. And I'm not I'm not talking about somebody who biffed it on the slopes and mm. really a structural issue knees. with their knee. Yeah, but more that what we call a, a mechanical issue. It's more the the muscle tendon unit has gotten so stiff from being abused that they can really do some things there to help themselves out. It's so, not not really a a joint orthopedic issue. And so that's probably more common than not our solution for like a high school athlete that's in a, a growing stage. They're playing a lot of sports. Their knees are sore. The better place to start would probably be in that same area of rolling, making sure I'm well-balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to stay well-balanced, at least, you know, working towards it rather than throwing ice and heat on my knees and, right. and doing every exercise under the sun that's like, you know, focused on just my knee and the issue existing in there. Right. So their 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 recipe is more you know look to stay look to get balanced stay balanced stay loose in the quad yep. loose and cool. and a lot of times you know that's why we'll do that eval when they first come in we'll do a movement screen on them is just to see how they move because because uh-huh. we might see we don't like how they squat and not that it's detrimental but over time or with a load could be pretty bad so we don't like how they squat their mobility in their hips is really poor their posture is bad so you're seeing all these links that are like okay maybe we don't have a knee injury we've got some postural musculoskeletal balance things that we can really work on and are going to change you pretty quick. We can get some good good results from just a few things or at least try these things and see what happens because you might leave here going, man, I feel way different or yeah, that didn't change it. You know, maybe we've got to spend a little bit more time diving into figuring out what the core issue is. But with some of those movement things, a lot of times that'll paint a nice picture for you to go, wow, this person is so bogged up and tight let's see if we can get a moving and see what that changes for him so how can i know if i got more of a like a structural issue i went skiing i fell you know beyond the obvious i fell and my foot was facing backwards <laughs> right, right right um i torqued the yeah out of it. Yeah. yeah beyond the obvious um yeah how do how do i kind of self-diagnose like i think i got a structural issue here yeah and and some of those some of those structural issues aren't always just an acute deal, right? I mean, you can kind of tweak your MCL because you, your ski went one way a little bit and you just your body weight was another way. And so you kind of felt it on the inside. And before you, before you know it, you just you keep going that way. And so now all of a sudden, it's not that you killed that medial ligament, but, but you did stretch it a little bit and now you just keep abusing it. Then we've got a structural issue and that can take a little bit longer to figure out. But if it's just that you have been, let's take it, we'll take a basketball player. You've been playing basketball for 12 days straight. All your running is mainly linear. You're all you're doing is running and, and jumping. Um, you know, you haven't done anything to recover in that period of time. You know, practices, there's a lot of running more than usual. Then we're looking probably more, hey, this is overuse. What can we do to help this out? You know, and there and there are some things to do. It's probably going to be that's going to be a more of an overuse than it is that. Ooh, I think I really hurt my ACL. You know, you mm-hmm. you almost know when you've got that acute injury that's pretty traumatic. Um, another way to tell how bad it is, Blake, is 
where your function goes. So, you know, you're at basketball practice one day and, and the next day it really drops off. You've got some swelling. You don't have all your range of motion. Then that's something we need to get checked yeah. out a little sooner, right? Because I've lost my ability to function. Those kids that we see that can push through a little bit, but they're really starting to drop off. It's like, okay, we need to we need to be the group that comes in and says, okay, if we do these things, maybe we can keep you on the court. But if you keep going the way you are, you're going to hit a wall where you're going to need to take some time off because you're definitely starting to fall into a pattern where yeah. this is this is going in the wrong direction. And often, Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's like often like the ACL is a non-contact injury. Right. So it is. Right. And guys, you know, people have different degrees of, you know, toughness, tolerance, pain, pain yeah. tolerance and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So and some of there's them been guys and, that play without play without or wrestle or do yeah. whatever without ACLs and you're like how the hell do you do that? Yeah, and but some of them will know right away. Like they'll get up and walk on it and they'll know something's not right because because when you get that ACL, you lose one of the main support structures and so they can just feel what we'll call a translation. Like my knee, it's not quite there. It just it wants to keep traveling, mm-hmm. you know. And and you're yeah. right. Some of those guys will try and play on it, but. I would probably say 75, 80% won't because they'll go, yeah. something's wrong. Mm-hmm. There'll be a few guys that try and tough it out and maybe what they've got is a partial tear, which which really ultimately it's it's That's it's going to go, yeah, right? Because, because, because again, when we look at how much you got those two long bones, you got this little ligament trying to hold it together and all that force, it's not going to yeah. work. So so ultimately, they're going to tell you something's not right yeah. um, and you're going to notice. You're, you're just going to, if that kid who, who just, went down pretty good twisted it gets up and runs a little bit you're going to be like come here that's yeah if they're that tough to try and gut it out you're going to you're going to be the one pulling them off yeah. you're going to be able to tell what i felt found really interesting was once a buddy of mine he previously torn his acl came spent a year out came back retort same acl okay. practice not much time back super unfortunate but said he didn't feel anything yep. he, like pain wise cuz i don't know if he was hamstring or could have or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what they did, what? but yep. um, yeah, he said absolutely no pain. Second time he tore it. First time, obviously pretty painful. ACL doesn't feel good. Right. Um, second time, zero pain, hmm. just a hundred percent positive. He knew hundred percent positive. Totally. Like, didn't even stand up. Was like, you know, bring the car. Yep. T- knees gone. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting. And I, yeah. I understand that, you know, there's the nerve issue. Yep. But the more interesting thing I found was like, there was, he's zero question. He's, he didn't even stand up. He was like, yep. knee's gone. I know it's gone. Yeah. And, you know, without the pain, you know, that's your body's alarm system of right. like, hey, stop or hey, we got yeah. an issue. Yep. You yeah. know, like, yeah, there's something wrong over yep. here, you know. Um, yep. No, you're right that's, on it. You though. Know, that's pretty resounding how important, and, you know, how structurally important the ACL, what kind of part it plays yep Mm -hmm. one and that's why you know we get to do it in our setting where i think a lot of docs don't spend enough time on but just sometimes when you talk to people they know exactly when they heard it they almost know where the problem is not not just where they're sore but they're like some feels like something's wrong here you know they'll direct you and and like you said those people who have torn their acl before nine times out of ten blake they're like Oh man, this is not. I mean, you yeah. know, you get to them, they're like, "Yeah, this ain't good." 
And sometimes you're like, hang on, let's just check it and see. But most of the time, they know. Yeah. And it's and it's because they've been through it. And you're right, though. Sometimes that nerve inside that ligament isn't there. And some people, first time they tear their, their ACL, once that initial funky thing happens, then they're like, I don't have any pain. I don't feel that yeah. bad. So sometimes... They're they're tricky because you're like okay let's check this out and see yeah. but sometimes there's not much pain with, yeah. with certain injuries especially if you're really active like you know you roll an ankle you do yep. you know you tweak a knee like you yeah. have you step on a foot you know it happens a lot yep but yeah yeah no I mean the knee yeah it's, I know a lot of good ones that went out to the oh knee, yeah yeah you know that mm-hmm. stinks oh yeah it stinks and it's and it, well and then once it's, it's out there it's out there you know, it's very common. It happens. The the numbers get worse if you've had one. They mm-hmm. go up. Um, same side and other side, especially mm-hmm. for our females. They're worse there. So yeah, there are some tricky things. So I so that. I had a buddy that did patella. Yep. Like ripped it completely off the bone. Yep. Oof. Big. You know, it was a bad one. Recovered off that. Probably a year and a half. Maybe two full years later. ACL. Same knee. Was he at increased risk for just global knee injury? You know, it doesn't matter. Um, because of the patella, or is that just shit luck that, that it was patella then ACL? So that's a good question. So um, when you tear your when you rupture your patellar tendon, which can happen, that's a big one. A lot of times it comes with an anterior translation force. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there was a little bit of ACL damage. Damage wouldn't be surprised. Biggest predictor of a, an injury is a past injury. So he's yeah. already got an exposed knee, right? The knee is never going to be, even though two years is a good amount of time, it's not like original parts. So there's going to be some detriment to that knee. So that's going to be a, a partial factor. Then it would be questionable to how he did the first one and the second one. But but I would, if that ACL was pristine, it was just a patellar tendon, I would say, Having that patellar tendon be gone and that knee never being the same as it was makes it a little bit more open for an injury. Do tendons atrophy like muscles do? Like so, yes. like when he was rehabbing knee, yes. like obviously you spend time away. Yeah. So the tendons atrophy as well, so as well as the bone and everything around it. So one of the things we'll talk about is like, hey, not only did this injury happen, but it's affecting everything around it. Yeah. So blood flow, nervous system, okay. muscle. Bone, it it okay. affects everything. So you've got to work everything back up in uh-huh. that process as you go. Is there a special sauce to like? Okay, I know I got you know I can't just work the muscle. I got to work tendon. Is there you know like what's the? Can yeah. I work my you know my tendons? Yeah, or there's, is, or no, is that just done through exercise? Through exercise, but there's timelines for it, right? So the bone, you're looking at six to eight weeks, okay. like a typical fracture, okay. and then we can start to load more. But it's it's all progressive, and that's why. If we look at the Aaron Rodgers thing, yes, he might be able to do some stuff, but one one of the orthopods who's not on his team said, I hope he doesn't have to sprint Mm -hmm. because, again— Once that force goes through there. You got it. On the scale, yes, it'd be really cool to see him on the field, but there is no upside for Aaron. Right? It's all downside. And so it's like like one wrong step— Foot hits a weird position, force going through the foot's too high. Your linemen aren't going to, if he were to play in a game, your defensive linemen aren't going to take it easy. They're trying to get to the yeah. freaking quarterback, right? Your so so yeah. you're going, okay, I got to be 100% 
My tendon's got to be 100%. My bone's got to be 100%. Everything, right? One wrong move, it happens again. Then you're then you're dealing uh, with yeah. a, a totally different I- injury. So it's like, okay, Aaron, yeah, why don't you take some pregame snaps and show everybody you're on the field? But there's no upside to that. Yeah. If he gets chased 100% the one time, steps funny, somebody falls on that thing, it's going. Yeah. I, there's no doubt in my mind. So, yeah, could he could he do it? It's looking like he could be ready. But I think all the people around him would go, Aaron. It's a bad idea. What, for what? What yeah. the fuck for? Yeah. So. so to what degree does father time rule the room? Like, you know, I know a lot of people, I don't, I don't even like giving the answer of like, you know, this is one of those things you're gonna have to deal with for a little while. Or, you know, like, you know, I like instant relief's always, you know, awesome for anybody. Okay. But like, at what to what degree do you know when you got a thing going on you got a knee injury or you know your knees are sore yeah because you've been skiing or because you've been you know oh i want to get back into running or whatever and you got kind of some of that that issue you know to what degree are you, you kind of got to just i'm going to be here for a little while i'm yeah. going to be sore for a little while you know and and let it you know over time work itself out there's not you know there's not a magic pill i can take or a magic exercise that's going to give me relief yes yeah, no sometimes it de- depends on the severity right depends on how long they've been pushing that limit and sometimes i'm reading a book right now called gift of injury which is a, a guy who deals with a it, it's a big time back injury with Stuart mcgill but it's funny because sometimes those are some of the tough conversations i've had with an athlete it's like hey here's what we've got to do you know and, yeah. and no athlete likes to sit on the bench yeah. for a while right they don't but sometimes you're like look, we have to take an intermission here because right now this is going to only get worse. And so that's where somebody has to come in and go, look, you're not helping the team. You're not helping yourself. We can see you're only at 80% because you can beat yourself up enough that, that you're not playing full go, yeah. right, on the field. And it's hard when you're 80% competent or, you know, greater yeah. than the average. Yeah. Then you're still yeah. inclined to play because you can play yep. at a high yeah. level. Definitely. Right. And that's where some of the athletes are. But somebody has to step in and go, look, the next step here is something big is going to happen. And, yeah. and usually – you know, you're or right. Bigger you, or you know longer. something's going to happen. Yeah. So, so if you can intervene at that point, Blake, yeah. you get to be the asshole. But a lot of times it works out because you're like, hey, here's what's going to happen. We need to do this so you can get better. Yeah. yeah. Your best athletes are the ones on the field. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think that's where we'll wrap it up. All right. All right. Anything? No. Mm-mm. No. I got some injuries I got to deal with. I okay. Gotta, we'll we'll, we'll to... talk about that next time. Yeah. Still yeah. at the ankle. Oh, I meant to say, when I went to the Army Navy game, it was my inaugural visit. So I, yeah, uh, I meant to, I meant to say that. Man. Yeah, I meant to. Nice. We're rolling up on what? We're about one year out from an inauguration. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'll have the to look. Twenty twenty. We're really close. Election. You're year, probably right. It? We're uh, the madness is about to start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna be a blast. I enjoy it. Sierra <laughs> inaugurational special. Isn't Trump event. coming to town? That'll get us. That'll get us in some oh, he's coming. Is he coming here? He's coming soon. Yeah. The streets are going to be fun. <laughs> right. Get to work and leave it there. <laughs> Sleepover. <laughs> All right. See ya. Thanks, Chad. Thank Thanks, you. Chad. I miss you. Thanks, Chad. Where have you been? Bring back some ducks. There you go. Geese. Canada geese. <laughs> See ya. See ya, Chad. 
winter outdoor sports like skiing and snowboarding are fun activities, but also great workouts. You snowboard? Yeah. You're a skier, right? I'm a skier. I was thinking about switching to skiing this year, but I'm a little worried. So I started on the skis, and that's been okay. I'm debating a board at some point. I just like the skiing because all my friends ski, and I got to get off the lift, sit down, put my on. And I like being well-rounded, so the ability to do both would be like a nice little thing yeah, yeah, in my cap. Aren't we just chilling on the hill? Can't we all just relax? I mean, didn't yeah. you go here to have a good time? Why are you stressing? My stressing. A Fit Life, the Living Strong series on Jack Daniels Presents, This Life Ain't For Everybody with Rob, Blake, and Jake, is brought to you by Oakley Sunglasses, Corning Ford, and Mickey Thompson Tires. The Gym Rats will return in a moment to wrap today's broadcast. Keep pushing. We've had the provider mentality for a long time. Growing up and watching dad and mom cook wild game, whether it was an Italian lasagna or a spaghetti, I watched in awe and I couldn't wait to be old enough to do it. Then we got to travel and meet all of these different chefs at all these different lodges in Argentina and Uruguay or Paraguay or Arkansas or Missouri or Chef Mark Lindsay who you hear on the podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody, a lot up in Minnesota at Trapper's Landing, part of the Reed's family of brands. And I started to learn so many different unorthodox, out-of-the-box ways of preparing Mr. Billy Bogey smothered deer steak at Prairie Wings Duck Club in Arkansas or the duck empanadas at Duck Guides of Argentina. And they all became part of the Provider Cookbook, the Provider Mentality at theproviderlife.com, our rubs, our original 10 in the Ultimate Pack, including the swine and the flaky, the spawn, the drop time, the foul, the crosshairs, the Brit, the dragon, the Sonora. Then we introduced the brand beef rub and the mother cluck and chicken rub. And you can find recipes at theproviderlife.com. Check out the Provider TV on the My Outdoor TV app, Mo TV, part of the Outdoor Sportsman's Group and the Outdoor Channel family of brands. We got more coming. We got so much more coming. Good luck out in the field. Good luck out on the rivers. I hope you get those wild turkey nuggets and that pickle juice right away and get ready to throw down with some different rubs on them. The provider lifestyle. We're so honored to live it. Thank you, Lord, for letting us be outdoorsmen, hunter, gatherers, conservationists, and providers. Again, theproviderlife.com. Thank you for visiting. Being in the backyard at camp, being with friends and family, one thing that the pandemic did is it got us back in our backyards. It got us staying home more. And man, we just started doing so many cookouts, so much grilling. And we've been partnered with Traeger Grills for the last decade. And I don't know if you can be more innovative than what this brand has done from the new Timberline XL and the new Flat Rock, the Ironwood 885, all of their pellets, their rubs, their sauces, their glazes, their smash burger kit. You name it Traeger Grills is awesome and we use them a ton I'm sure you've seen it on the foul life you've seen it in our social media get creative be innovative think outside of the box wild game domestic vegetables desserts pizzas you can do it all on a Traeger grill and like I mentioned that Timberline XL with that conduction plate I'm talking high heat reverse sear steaks anything you want to put on there gets it done in a hurry after you put a little smoke on them on the grill transfers right over so easy everything is simplified you can download the traeger grills app you can find recipes you can work with pros like matt Pittman at meat church and chad ward at whiskey bent barbecue and so many others from across the country to master these recipes it's simple and that's what traeger is all about they did not want your backyard experience to be complex so when you're thinking of fun and good food and flavor recipes thinking outside the box think no further than traeger grills i can't wait to get back in my traeger grill just cook up something delicious thank you all very much much vision i just had a lens 
retraction surgery last year. It's pretty much like cataracts that you're gonna get in your 60s, 70s, everybody's gonna get it. Once you get it, your vision is there, it's never changing. Artificial lenses, I had it at 40s and I'm telling you with what I do with duck hunting and scouting and watching my daughter grow up, I'm just so thankful that I'm back to 2015 in my right eye and 2020 in my left eye, thanks to Dr. Matt Mills, who you've all heard on our podcast. But I wanna protect my eyes and that's exactly where one of our badass partners comes in. Oakley, Oakley Eyewear, the Oakley culture, the Oakley lifestyle. Protect your vision when you're shooting, when you're fishing. Nothing worse than getting a hook in the eye with somebody casting on the same boat. You just can't take it for granted. The damage the sun can cause, the rays, the UV, just keeping the dust and the dirt out of your eyes, just everything during a hunt, pit blind, boat blind, it doesn't matter, sun up, they make different lenses for different skies. They're sold all over the world and they support the military and the blue line and conservation and hunting and fishing in the outdoors and living off the land. And we never hunt without our Oakleys. Everybody's like, why you always got your sunglasses on? Shouldn't be wearing sunglasses. You probably shouldn't in turkey hunting. I don't wear them in turkey hunting because of the vision of a turkey and the reflection. But when I'm shooting trap range or the sporting clays or the skeet or the five stand, or I'm in a duck hunt or a goose hunt, I have my Oakleys with me at all time. I put them in my banded backpack. I have them in an Oakley hard case. I keep them protected. The prism lenses, everything that goes in to the technology behind the Oakley brand and the frames, the function of them, all of the different lenses that you can get, like I mentioned, and the way they protect our eyes. The prism lens technology is second to none. You got to get a pair of Oakleys. I know there's a lot of choices out there when you want to protect your eyes, but remember, please support the brands that support this lifestyle. Oakley, the official eyewear of the Foul Life TV, the Foul Life podcast, and everything we do here at the provider and where the pavement ends. Thank you so much for supporting Oakley. Time to hit the showers and break out the icy hot. See ya. Thanks, Chad. Thank Thanks, you. Chad. I miss you. Thanks, Chad. Where have you been? Bring back some ducks. If getting stronger is your goal, you're going to have to work harder. Rob, Blake, and Jake from A Fit Life, the Living Strong series on Jack Daniels Presents, This Life Ain't For Everybody, are here to help. So catch all new episodes and archive broadcasts on SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, ThisLifeAin'tForEverybody.com, or on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Thanks for tuning in.